Welcome to Not Your Asian, a podcast centered on the Asian American experience, where we have real conversations about real issues facing the AAPI community. We hope you enjoy. Today we have a special guest, Jisub Jong. Um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, so my name is Jisup. Um, I am a Korean Canadian currently living in the United States. So I am a 1.5 generation Korean, which means basically, you know, like I moved to Canada when I was in about my fifth grade, I think. So, you know, that like that would be like 11 to you know, 12 years old, right? Mm-hmm. So I moved with uh, my mom and sister to Canada and then from there, I spent majority of my life until I went to the university um, in Providence, Rhode Island called RISD, um, which is called Rhode Island School of Design. And yeah, ever since then, I've been in the States. That's awesome. Um, Where are you currently living? Yeah, so I'm currently in uh, San Francisco. I'm uh, in the East Bay. Um, Previously, I used to live in New York because, you know, that's... uh, just how a lot of the designers and illustrators just end up moving to because of the opportunities out there. But yeah, I ended up having to move out to San Francisco for another job that I accepted. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, Yeah, so I think, you know, you said you're a one and a half generation Korean American and I'm a fourth generation Korean American. So I think it'd be really cool if we discuss, because I mean, I think there's so many different expectations that come, I mean, there's certain expectations that come from being Asian, and on top of that, Asian American, um, and then on top of that, generational differences. So what do you, what do you think society expects of you as an Asian American? And what do you think your family expects from you yeah oh man i mean i think there are um there are quite a lot of different things that we could talk about right i mean like in terms of you know, like the familial expectation like it, it's surprising to me in a sense i guess it's like a little bit surprising in a sense where um like my mother specifically you know like she's always been very happy to let me pursue what I like doing the most, which was, you know, like creating art, you know, making art for myself and then, you know, like drawing, just, you know, like anything that was creative. Um, So, you know, like she was never really the type to really discourage me from pursuing what I love to do. Um, I mean, you know, like that still came with the standard of, you know, like, hey, like if you're going to go somewhere, you should probably go to the best place possible because... You know, like, my mom is not from uh, the creative background, right? She, just like a lot of the moms back in Korea, you know, from her generation, it's usually been the case where, you know, like, fathers would work and then moms would, you know, take her to the household. So she was like a, you know, household mom. And when she was raising us, you know, like, she did make sure that, you know, like, our, you know, like, I have an older sister. So, you know, like, my, my sister and I were studying, you know, and getting pretty good grades, you know, like we didn't have to get like A pluses or something like that, like some other, you know, Korean kids. But 
she did expect high, you know, she had a high expectation for us, whether it's, you know, like making sure that, you know, our grades were good or whether, you know, like if we're gonna do something that we try to perform our very best when we were pursuing things, um, which I think is pretty standard for, you know, like Asian households in general, right? So I guess that's like the quote unquote stereotypical, you know, Asian household, you know, that I can kind of paint for myself. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, this also came with the expectation of, you know, like, I think I think the, like, biggest difference, basically, that I had from other kids when I was growing up was that my mom was very supportive of me doing anything that was creative and, you know, not following the general traditional path of, you know, becoming a lawyer or a doctor or a scientist or whatever else. Um, so that is that for, um, like, the Korean expectation, I guess, you know, growing up in a Korean household. Um the Korean American expectation, very strange. <laughs> you know, I think uh, just generally there is like that underlying sense that, you know, Asian people just, you know, in the US and also in Canada too, that we're supposed to be studious, we're supposed to be very like docile, respectful, we're supposed to follow our, you know, like follow any sort of an order that's given to us, you know, very well. And there's also that weird expectation that, you know, if you're Asian, you're probably not the creative. So you end up going to like studying, you know, like sciences and like computer sciences and whatever else. And I found that, you know, while, you know, my time that both in Canada and in the States to be very strange because I've seen a lot of creative kids, you know, from the Asian household period. Right. But the general assumption for Asian kids was that, oh, they, you know, they're not that creative. They can't really go into fine arts or they can't do music because, you know, they just don't have it in them. And I find that to be, you know, very strange and also almost too much of a pigeonholing for a lot of the kids that I knew growing up. Yeah, I, I think you touched on some some good points. I feel like some from somewhere somehow this stereotype came about that yeah asian people are supposed to be studious and smart and good at math and you know go into stem or something um which yeah like you said is so strange it's like where did where did this idea come from and i think I think for me, I don't know about you, but I think for me, it it impacted the way I viewed myself for a while growing up. Um, I think for a while, I, nev I never really saw myself as a creative person. And I think a lot of that came from that societal expectation or like stereotype. Um, and I feel like only in recent years, I've started to kind of see myself as someone who is capable of being creative and I do I love to be creative um yeah so it's so weird that that is a stereotype and I think it's interesting um that you talked about how your mom didn't really have like super strict expectations whereas I think I think some Asian parents definitely do. They expect you to get straight A's and like you said, be a lawyer or a doctor and that's pretty much like your only options. Um, 
I think in in some regard, I did like I feel like a little bit of my childhood is reflective of yours, where like my dad was always encouraging me to get good grades and to pretty much just like work hard at everything. I do in life, even if it's something small. And I think that's another like stereotypical Asian characteristic. Um, but he definitely really instilled that in me, even as a Korean American who wasn't very in touch with like his Asian culture. Um, yeah, so I find that really interesting. And I feel like like, my dad never really, like, pushed me. He never really said, like, oh, you have to be, like, a lawyer or a doctor. But I feel like he kind of always wanted me to go into something STEM-related or at mm. least down that path. And I just never really felt compelled to do that. And I remember when I told him that when I was going to college, I was like, I don't really want to do that kind of stuff. He was like, well, then, you know, you're probably not going to be successful then. Um, and it, it was kind of like, that was hard to hear. Um, and I mean, <laughs> I and the thing, the thing is, I don't know if he has that expectation because he's Asian or if that's just because the way he is. Like, it's so weird because as a fourth generation Korean American, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes like where like certain I guess parts of my background come from because my dad he grew up in the U.S. he's never been to Korea or anywhere so he's definitely very Americanized in that sense um so I think it's just a little bit interesting how like certain Korean or Asian characteristics or traits come out here and there Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think about this a lot, right? That trait of, you know, like, quote unquote, what is Asian, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, apart from the fact that, like, Asian doesn't really fully encapsulate anyone, you know, who belongs to the, you know, quote unquote, Asian American category. But I think, you know, it, I, it's a bit of a strange territory for us to be pigeonholed into that particular, you know, stereotype. I mean, whether, you know, it's quote unquote good or bad that people think it is because, you know, I think um, a lot of the values that we put into education and hard work ethic really comes from the fact that, you know, like, especially like, you know, for example, like when I first, you know, moved to Canada with my mom, the, you know, and like, you know, it was a, also with the fact that, you know, like, neither my mom, like, my mom didn't speak a word of English. And, you know, like, I was just barely speaking it, and so was my sister. So, you know, there was that learning curve, right? But also, you know, there was also that expectation that, okay, you're going into a totally foreign country that is not your home, realistically speaking, because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this in a way where if... People don't know that you're a fourth generation Korean American, then they would expect that, oh, hey, she's Asian. She's probably not actually from here, right? And I think the only way of proving ourselves, especially, you know, like, you know, me coming from, you know, like my family was to work hard and prove my worth that way. And 
I think that is probably going to resonate with a lot of, you know, Asian Americans, quote unquote, just because of the fact that, you know, like in a, in a foreign country, when you land in somewhere like completely new, you know, you have no established, you know, like connections. You, you literally don't have anything that you know about apart from the, you know, so the only thing that you can really like attach to and prove yourself is, you know, through hard work and then your career path. And I think, uh, the, the general mentality of, you know, like even, even back in Korea when I was, you know, like growing up there, the general reason why people used to really attach themselves to wanting a better career was because, you know, at the end of the day, people want really good lives and, you know, they, they don't want lives to be hard, right? I mean, like personally too, like I had a lot of struggle, you know, as to whether I made the right career path choice because, you know, like, I'm an illustrator. Illustrators, like, realistically speaking, you know, could be, like, my my life could have panned in so many different ways in terms of, like, financially and the options that I could have had or, you know, like, the luck, right? Everything depends on luck, you know, like, for a lot of the creative work that, or creatives that work in the industry. And, you know, like, Nothing was certain, and I think a lot of the parents, especially who are literally, you know, trying to take care of their children in a foreign country, their expectation was, okay, you know, I want to make sure that my kids are financially stable enough so that they don't have to worry about their paychecks, you know, whether they can pay their rent, whether they can feed their family if they decide to have a family, and I think, you know, that sort of a mindset ended up becoming a stereotype that a lot of people attach to because they knew really nothing else about like Asian people generally and that was the only thing they could really like attach us to so I think that's where that you know weird stereotype of you know like oh Asian people are all studios came from and you know like if, if we think about it realistically like even in my friend group uh, there are a lot of you know people who are not studios <laughs> so it's it's a strange thing to think about, but that is definitely one of the reasons why I think, you know, we have that label of, you know, like Asian people are studious and hardworking. Yeah, I think, yeah, now that you described it in that way, I feel like that makes a lot of sense, right? Um, and of course, if you're someone looking at it from the outside, you know, you don't see the full story. And so you just assume things about a group that is different from yours to the best of your ability. Um, so, yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, I think it's valid that, you know, immigrant parents would come here and I guess expect their kids to be grateful by pursuing a quote unquote reasonable career path. Um, so that definitely makes sense. What do you think are some, some ways that you feel more Korean than American? And what are some ways that you feel more American than Korean? Man, this is such an open-ended question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, um, at least, at least like personally, I feel like the whole distinction of even, you know, like labeling which part of anyone is Korean versus more Korean versus more American feels a little 
strange to me because I think, um, I mean, you know, like generally, I think uh, we, especially nowadays, uh, Asian, like people from like the AAPI community specifically, we think a lot about what is it, you know, what does it mean to be belonging to the like AAPI group, right? And You know, like they're they're definitely you know like with you know like without any doubt there are parts of me like you know like understanding like some cultural nuances, for example, right? As a Korean person, like a person of a Korean heritage, stuff like that is definitely Korean, right? But even then, I think there is a difference in terms of you know people coming straight from Korea and people who have been here for quite a while and how our understanding and our perception of culture change. And, you know, it's a funny thing because, you know, American as a definition, I feel like, you know, I mean, like, as, as much as, you know, like the mainstream generally wants us to believe that American, quote unquote, that particular word and trade is really just, you know, like white heteronormative men who happen in the country, you know, but it really isn't the case for me. It like American as a word is a collection of identities that come from all over the places. And I mean, like I love, you know, people love to say America is a melting pot, right? And in a sense, I do think, you know, like that is actually a pretty realistic view of what American is. Like, I don't think there is a specific one identity that I can really count as being American, you know, apart from maybe, you know, like everyone has a bit of that weird, you know, I, th I think it's changing a little bit, but I think there is a bit of that grandiose pride that America is indeed the best country to live in. Um, and, you know, like, you know, some, some of that I think is definitely flawed in a sense, but also, you know, like, I think that just comes from being like living in a place where that pride of, you know, like, you know, quote unquote, being one of the world leaders has always been something that people love to think about. So. Yeah, I think you pointed out something really important to discuss. Like what, what does it even mean to be American? And I mean, I think you described it perfectly. Like, America, America really is a melting pot. Like, even though it is predominantly white, people from all over the world come here. So many people from all over the world will sacrifice so many things just to come to America, to the U.S. So, I mean, I think you're right. American can mean so many different things nowadays. Um, I guess maybe a better word is like westernized because there definitely are, you know, certain Western cultural characteristics that are distinctly different from Korean cultural aspects. Um, so, I mean, are there certain ways that like you do feel more westernized and certain ways that you feel more Korean or mm -hmm. how do you feel? Yeah, it's a... Uh... Interesting question. I mean, you know, in terms of the general, I think uh, the, I'm, I'm very connected to, you know, like my Korean heritage, right? Because I mean, like at the end of the day, like if I want to talk to my mom, for example, who lives in Korea now, 
like I do have to speak Korean, you know, and I'll go visit every once in a while too. So, in you know, I, I can fake it basically <laughs> in Korea and still feel like a Korean person. Yeah. But I think uh, the the big difference is um like in Korea I am perceived as being more quote unquote Westernized because you know I, I'm very loud. <laughs> I'm loud, you know, I, I'm very opinionated. I have a lot of, you know, a, a lot of thoughts. I mean, the reason why, why you found me in the first place is probably because of social media. Yeah, and Twitter. And I just keep my mind. <laughs> yeah. And I try not to mince my words, and I don't think I would have been this person that I am today if I were still in Korea. Just because, you know, like there is that certain uh, aspect in Korean society specifically where... I do have to be very mindful of how I frame certain things and how I speak my mind. And I think, you know, like this is where my upbringing in both Canada and in the States has really contributed to me, like in opening up in a very honest way possible. Um, But, you know, in terms of the part of me that I feel it's still more Korean is I have such a tremendous respect for a lot of my elders, especially, you know, like the, just like the Asian community elders, you know, that, you know, when, when, whenever possible, like I try to be as respectful to anyone that I find to be okay. Not only just like older, but also quote unquote respectable. Right. And I think I'll just generally like it. (laughs) This is me generalizing, which is really bad, but Korean people do want to make sure that, you know, we are respectable in a certain manner. And I think I do have a bit of that tendency where I want to make sure that, you know, like everyone's being respected, you know, respected when they're, you know, when appropriate and so on and so forth. And also just like, you know, thinking about even this word individualism, right? (laughs) The U.S. definitely like, you know, has a lot of people who really value individualism to the point of, you know, detriment. And I don't think I could ever be in a position where I don't care about people around me, period. So that I think is a little bit more Korean of me, which is, I think, you know, and Korean cultures do have a lot more communal aspect to them. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I feel like, yeah, when you talk about, culture i mean i think and again generalizing but not to generalize i think western culture doesn't really revere its elders nearly as much as some asian cultures do um that's definitely something that i've noticed and i think i think growing up i was a i was a bit I was a bit westernized, but I was also a little bit Asian in the regard that I felt like I respected elders and anyone who seemed respectable more than the average westerner would, but maybe not to the extent that an Asian person would, if that makes sense. I feel like that's kind of like the blending of cultures and yeah individualism that is i think that's another huge disparity between 
the two cultures, right? I think, and I mean, maybe this is just the way I am. I don't know if it's because of, you know, my upbringing, but I mean, I agree with you. I, I find it so weird that like people in the US or just in the West in general, like don't have regard for other people around them and are just so focused on themselves and their own self-interests and goals. Um, I think I definitely do have a bit more of like a collectivist mindset at mm. times. Definitely still some individualism because I grew up here. So it's, you know, kind of unavoidable. Um, but yeah, I, I totally understand what you mean between the individualism and collectivism. I think that that is probably one of like the biggest disparities between the two cultures and also maybe like one of the biggest barriers as well. What do you feel like people make certain assumptions about you or expect certain things from you for being Korean American? <laughs> I mean, you know, I think the most common thing is, uh, do you like K-pop? Right? That That's yep. always a common, yep. you know, assumption or, you know, oh, you must just love K-pop all the time, right? It's just like, I mean, like, I, I think there's a funny, funny thing about um, anything that becomes popular in the West, you know, gets automatically assigned to, you know, like people who looked like they would belong in that culture. Um, you know, like, I mean, prior to, you know, like Korean culture, like popping off, right? I think it was actually like, you know, like Japanese culture. I mean, like, I think Chinese culture, I think has a bit of a, unfortunately, I think the just general perspective of like China as a country, I don't think is really, you know, great in the United States specifically. Yeah. Um, even though there are so many, you know, like Chinese Americans in this country, right? So, mm -hmm. so do, you know, and yeah, like that, that whole thing about, you know, like do you like K-pop and then, you know, like automatically asking like which favorites, you know, like, you know, whether I love, you know, Blackpink or I don't know, BTS and like what my favorite songs are from them. I think like those kind of questionings make me question things. <laughs> You know, especially, you know, just, um, I don't know, it, it, it's really funny. Um, do you feel like, um, do you ever feel like, you know, strangers or even if it's, you know, like acquaintances that you're like starting to get to know better tend to automatically assign traits to you just because you are a Korean American? I feel like strangers definitely do, especially like when I'm first getting to meet people because a lot of people w wouldn't be able to pinpoint that I'm Korean American because I mix they would just be like oh you you kind of look Asian maybe and then I tell them I'm like a quarter Korean and then they're like oh my god do you like k-pop like I I get the same <laughs> question they're like oh my god you must like k-pop um and then I tell them, no, I'm I'm not really into K-pop. And then they're all surprised for some reason. And I'm like, 
I don't, I mean, just because I'm Korean doesn't mean I like K-pop. Um, or I mean, like just some to people. clarify though, you know what I mean? Like BTS is doing wonderfully. Like I, I commend them. And they I are. <laughs> really? No, I look up to them. I'm like, yes, like get the Asian people notice. Like I'm like, yeah, I don't really listen to BTS, but I'm, I'm so proud of them. Like, yes, rep the Koreans. Like I'm, I'm cheering them on. I don't listen to them or anything, but I'm, I'm cheering them on from the sidelines, you know? Um, and I definitely think, like, yeah, I mean, I think BTS has had, you know, unfortunately, like, a huge, you know, impact on how pe people view Koreans. Um, one thing I've kind of noticed is, um, you know, within recent years, with the, the popularity of K-pop growing, whenever I tell someone I'm... Korean, they seem to to think it's like something like special or cool. They're like, oh, you're Korean? That's so cool. And I've had several people tell me that and I'm like, yeah, I guess. And But the reason they're saying it's cool is because they like K-pop and it's like, oh my god, you're a Korean person. And it, it feels like this weird like fetishization almost or like I'm being like put on a pedestal of some sorts just because I'm like part Korean and yeah I mean I guess that's kind of like a weird expectation that like I feel like people have from me even people that I like semi know maybe we're not like super close but I feel like deep down they do sort of have that expectation somewhere mm -hmm. within them and it's so weird and it's so weird because this this like this weird like fanaticism about being Korean I feel like is pretty recent too like when I was younger it definitely wasn't a thing and then maybe like five years ago is when this kind of all started so it's kind of been like weird and interesting to kind of see how like people's perception of Koreans has changed in such a short amount of time yeah I mean man even when I first moved to the states you know pe people literally didn't care at all if I were Korean you know yeah. And then now, like, I think, I mean, even even thinking about, like, Korean food, right? That genre of Korean food being, becoming popular, and, you know, like, someone like, you know, like, Dave Chang, or, I don't know, they're, like, Roy Choi, like, you know, getting that huge visibility in the general public, I, it's, like, a recent phenomenon, and... I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of it, I think, really does have to do with the fact that, you know, like, Korea is currently selling a lot of the, like, cultural aspects of what Korea is, right? And, but, you know, like, back in the day, man, if I ever talked about kimchi to, like, any sort of, like, friends that I had, you know, back in the day, like, they would be like, what the heck is this? Like, this thing smells like, it, get it away from me. Like, that, that would have been the thing. But now right. they sell it at Whole Foods. You know? Yeah. So... I don't know. I don't know. It's um, <laughs> I, I guess it's nice that you know, like we're getting that visibility, um, but also I think it's a bit of a problem that with that visibility comes that fetishization that you're talking about. 
Like I'll I'll tell you a funny story. Um, oh, you know, like do, do you do TikTok? I I dabble. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, yeah, like you know, K-pop, TikTok. You know, like I I don't really use TikTok. I tried making like videos a couple times, and I'm like I feel too old for this. You know, honestly. Yeah. But the amount of okay, first of all, like Asian men generally have not been you know, a thing, right? Yeah. But then now, every time I go on TikTok, I, I posted, like, a couple videos, and there were so many weird comments like, oh, like, I love me Korean men. Like, can you cook for me? Or I don't even have to, like, I don't care if you speak English or not. I just want you to cook my food and just, you know, stay at home. And it's like... This uh, level of, you know, like this, so basically like what I'm trying to say is like, there is this weird uprising in the fetishization of Asian men also now that yeah. Korean culture, K-pop and Korean men are becoming like a thing in the general like culture sphere that, you know, going back to just talking about fetishization, like historically Asian women had been fetishized for various reasons, right? Not right. only because of, you know, just the popular media pushing the narrative, but also the fact that, you know, there is a history of exploitation of Asian women, you know, because of like wars, you know, like colonialism and whatever else. And I think it's a kind of becoming a thing where Asian men are starting to experience the same thing. I don't think it's at the same level as, you know, Asian women, but I thought it was, you know, like a strange yet interesting thing to kind of notice because, I mean, you know, as an Asian guy, like never had that before, right? I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird, but like, so should I, should I feel like happy about this? And I have a lot of feelings about it, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely, like, a very bizarre experience. Um, and, I mean, I think, yeah, I think it just goes to show that, like, and you're right, I think commonly before Asian men were just not really seen as attractive or desirable. Um, but now with, you know, K-pop and everything, it's, like, Asian men are starting to get more attention and it's not, I, th I mean, at least from what I've seen, correct me if I'm wrong, but for the most part, it's not like a healthy or like normal attraction. Like it's attraction for the wrong reasons, I think. And I mean, I think the comment that you received on your TikTok just goes to show that it's like a weird, like, obsession with like Korean men now or even just Asians in general like now that I think about it when I go on TikTok I see so many like Asian men blowing up and people will just be like oh my god like you're so hot like I want to date an Asian guy and I mean even just like from what I've noticed a lot of girls want to date an Asian guy now like they just want an Asian guy whether it's like Korean or Japanese 
Or I know some people who are like, I want a Korean guy. Like, I want to date a Korean guy. And I'm like, okay, good for you. <laughs> like, it's just so <laughs> weird. And, it, and it's like before, like five years ago, if you would have asked someone that, people would have probably been like, oh, a Korean guy. Oh, I guess. And now it's like, it's blown up for so many reasons. And I think it's just... And people are not really, I mean, people are not really educated. They just see very, like, surface level things. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you know, I think um, it, it's so funny because uh, I think the expectation of, you know, like, docile, submissive, you know, Asian woman, I think is a trans, it's like kind of transitioning into, like, Asian men also being docile, you know, like, homey, dependable, like, whatever. I mean, like... Yeah. I, I, you know, there's a point where attraction becomes a fetishization and, you know, I mean, we all know how that goes, right? In terms of, you know, what usually ends up happening. Like, you know, Atlanta, for example, that was like a very, very visible case of what fetishization can bring about. And I think a lot of people just don't really check themselves and really inquire whether they are putting stereotypes and biases on a group of people just because they have a misconception about them. And I think that's a really dangerous territory that a lot of people go into without thinking too much about it. Yeah, I think definitely like from, I mean, if you're someone from the outside who doesn't really know anything about, you know, Korean culture or life, or background, um, I mean, it's really easy to kind of just buy into stereotypes or to see things from the surface level and not really question it or try to dig deeper. But I mean, I think right now it's more important than ever, especially since like this whole, you know, like attraction to Korean and Asian people is so like new I think like making sure like trying to educate people is really important on what you know being Korean actually is and not like this warped western view of what being Korean is it's pretty much detrimental to any group of people. Um, yeah, fetishization is really not a cute look that people may think it is. And, you know, no matter how you look at it, there is no way to excuse fetishization as being anything else but harmful. And I really do hope that, you know, a lot of people are going to have to take some time and rethink about their opinions about people who look different from them or about a culture that they might not necessarily have a lot of understanding of. And, you know, er everything about, you know, understanding other people better is, I mean, first of all, it's about inquiring, right? And it's a, after that, it's digging deeper. And thirdly, it's really about just like knowing yourself and checking your own implicit biases and just making sure that you're not assigning stereotypes and ignorant prejudices towards a 
you know, a group of people. Yeah, you know, I think we covered a lot of good topics today. So thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, G-Sub. Nicole, thank you so much for having me for this conversation and for anyone who would like to find more about me. And if you ever want to listen to me, or I, I should say, you know, read about my thoughts more in depth, you can always find me at G-Sub-A, that is G-E-E-S-U-B-A-Y on Instagram, Twitter, and I guess TikTok too now. Thank you. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on another episode of Not Your Asian.